0: Welcome to the Legacy Nashville podcast. We are so grateful that you've taken the time out of your day to tune in. We pray that this message encourages you to seek God's presence and serve God's people. Now, let's get to the message. You know, let's never grow so familiar with church. That we don't recognize when God enters into the room. Amen. Let's never grow so familiar with coming to church, with the mechanism that is church, that when we come in, our hearts are so familiar that we're not able to recognize that Jesus has stepped into the room. It's so easy. I'm at fault. All my fault every now and then for just coming, just getting into the rhythm of going to church, getting into the rhythm of especially working at a church now, you know, which is different for me. It's so easy for me just to come into the house of the Lord knowing what's going to happen. Knowing what's going to happen. And the moment that Jesus wants to disrupt my plans or disrupt what I have in store, I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, no, you can't do that, Lord in his own house. This is his house, and he can do whatever he wants in his house. I throw my preference out the window. I throw all of the things, my opinions out the window. Every opinion that I have of what church should be, I throw it out the window, and I say, Lord, have your way. Amen. Well, listen, we're in the third week of our series, Unshakable Saints. We're examining and exploring seven life-slash-faith declarations that are found in Psalm 27. And if you were here last week, our pastor spoke, our lead pastor, Pastor Lyle and Allison Phillips, let's give it up for them. But our lead pastor, Lyle Phillips, spoke from the declaration, I will live life Strong. Come on. Let's say it all together. I will live life strong. Come on. Say it like you mean it, church. I will live life strong. Amen. And within that message, Pastor Lyle, he defined what a faith declaration is. And he defined it as when the heart and the mouth unite by faith to declare the word of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Isn't that good? Oh, my goodness. I don't know about you, but I believe that it is high time for the body of Christ to begin normalizing once again, declaring the word of God in our lives. Amen. I think there was a period in the church where we came out of the word of faith movement where all they did was declare the word of the Lord. And yes, there were some things within the word of faith, uh, the word of faith movement that were weird. Yes, that were absolutely weird. But we've come out into a place where we're not declaring the word a lot anymore. But scripture is so clear about the fact that the word works. The word works in our life. I personally love this sermon series because it takes me back to my roots. I come from an environment where we had a high value for meditation and declaration of the Word of God. Amen? I grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Anybody know where Tulsa, Oklahoma is? If you're a Christian and you don't know where Tulsa, Oklahoma is, you should Google it. Tulsa, Oklahoma is the home of um, a number of major, major institutions of faith including Rhema Bible Church founded by Kenneth Hagan. Anybody know who Kenneth Hagan is? Oh yeah. Kenneth Hagan is the he's the father of the Word of Faith movement. So I mean, we grew up going to Reyma um, uh, to Winter Bible uh, camp every every single summer uh, or every single winter, excuse me. They had a summer one as well. Um, and then it's also home to Oral Roberts University. Yeah, did you go to ORU? I'm an ORU alum as well. Let's go Golden Eagles. (laughs) Oral Roberts was founded by famous healing evangelist Oral Roberts, and in this city, he actually built three skyscrapers, which he fittingly called the City of Faith. So that's the heritage that I come from. But also in my own home, my parents were all about making declarations of faith. I remember I used to walk through my house and my parents would be, would, be, would be just declaring the word of the Lord by the stripes of Jesus. We are healed. We are whole in the name of Jesus. Jesus has come and he's, he's paid the pi- price for our sins. We are redeemed. We are whole by the blood of the lamb. And every single... Every single morning, whenever my parents would take my sister and I uh, to church, my little sister is at, uh, to school, excuse me, my little sister is here today. Every single moment, morning, when he would take us uh, to school, we did two things. We had to do two things before we got out of the car. The first thing is we would, we would pray. And then the second thing is we would declare a confession over our lives. And the confession was, I feel good. I feel great. I feel terrific. I feel rich. The Bible says that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I will be getting out of the car like, I feel good. I feel great. I feel terrific. I feel rich, even though I got these Walmart shoes on. The Bible says I am fearfully and wonderfully made, a.k.a. I look good. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What was happening in that season of my life is there were seeds that were being sown into my heart that I'm literally seeing the fruit of today. Amen? So do me a favor. Just look at your neighbor real quick and say, the word works. Now look at your other neighbor and say, but you got to work the word. The Word works, but you got to work the Word, and that's exactly what we're doing in this series. We are working the Word in our lives, amen? So do me a favor, stand up all across this room. What I want to do this morning, I want to do three things. I want to read the Word, I want to talk about the Word, and then we're going to respond in worship to the Word, amen? So this is what we're going to do real quick. We're going to declare our seven life declarations, and then we are going to read our verse of Scripture for today. Are you ready for this? Alright, on the count of three, do we have them up there? Great. We're gonna declare our seven declarations. Here we go. One, two, three. I will live life strong. I will love God's house passionately. Number three, I will live, I will hold my head high. I will have an overflowing heart. I will turn to God at all times. I will walk on a level path and I will not lose. God, oh, I love it. The life declaration that we're going to be exploring today is I will love God's house passionately. Amen. Amen. We're going to be reading Psalms 27, verse 4 and 5. I'll give you a second to pull it up. If you need to pull it up on your, uh, in your Bible or on your phone, we'll also have it up on the screen. Hallelujah. Psalm 27, verse 4 and 5. If you are there, say, I'm there. Oh, that's not enough of y'all. Y'all are just waiting for it to be on the screen. There we go. There we go. I don't think that's it. I don't think that's it. Psalm 27, verse 4 and 5, the whole thing. Can we get it up there? If not, that's okay. We'll read with the people who have it. Here we go. Psalm 27, verse 4 and 5, let's read. One thing have I asked of the Lord. That will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple, for he will hide me in his shelter. Somebody shout, covering. Covering. Say, "Covering." covering. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for every word that proceeds from your mouth. Lord, we love your word. As we gather around your word, I pray that you would breathe life into us. In Jesus' name, I pray. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. amen. Okay, listen. So anybody who knows me knows that I absolutely, positively love church. I love church. You know that scripture in Psalm 122 where David's like, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Yeah, that's me like every single Sunday morning. Like every single Sunday morning I wake up and I'm like, I am so excited to get to the house of God to the the point where I really don't even need to set alarms on Saturday night. I set five just in case, you know, just so that I, I don't miss church. You know what I'm saying? I'm not late. But I don't really need them because every single Sunday, uh, well, before I had kids, I would wake up before my alarm clock. But listen, it was not always that way, okay? At age four, my parents, uh, my dad, who's from Zimbabwe, Africa, he felt the call to go into full-time ministry as an evangelist here in the United States of America. So for 16 years of our life, my family and I, we traveled in ministry to over 400 churches. Yes, I've I've seen a lot of church. I've seen the good, the bad, and the disgustingly ugly. I remember we would leave at 6 a.m. in the morning on a Sunday and we would drive a couple hours to a church and we'd get there and we'd uh, preach and minister and then after we'd go to the fellowship hall. <laughs> what y'all know about a fellowship hall? <laughs> we would go to the fellowship hall and we would have food and fellowship. Amen. Hallelujah. I love food and fellowship. Hey, I'm telling you, those deviled eggs, it's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Angel eggs, (laughs) those angel eggs would would hit the spot, and those casseroles made by all the grandmas, I'm telling you right now, it was something special, I miss it. We need to have food and fellowship here one day, you know what I'm saying, where we we all bring like our own pot, you know, just our our little casseroles, I know Bliss would bring a fire casserole, I know she would, I know Bliss would. Oh, my goodness. But then we'd get in the car, and we'd drive a couple more hours, and we'd do a night service. And then after that night service, we'd drive a couple more hours back home, and we'd arrive at, like, 10 p.m. or later. And then the next day, we would go to school. <laughs> my friends would be like, hey, what did you do last night? Um, I was in Poto, Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, you've never heard of it <laughs> for a reason. But listen. <laughs> listen, for probably half... Of those 16 years that I traveled with my parents, you know, I thought that church was the most boring place in the world. I did. I'm not going to lie. Sarah's laugh. She's like, I know what you mean, Brian. <laughs> and the reason why, I mean, that's not the reason why, but for me as a little kid, I couldn't understand what was going on in church. And the churches that we were going to were in the ruralest parts of Oklahoma. Like, average attendance, 50 or less. My little sister's here. She can attest. She can attest. If I gave her the mic right now, she would testify that there were mornings where we would be asleep when we left. And when we woke up, we'd be like, Lord, please tell me we're dreaming. Please tell me this is a night. <laughs> and my little sister can also testify to the fact that um, there were many mornings that our parents had to threaten us into going to church. Get, get your butt in the car. I'm just kidding. They didn't really threaten us. They're the nicest people in the world. But then something happened when I was 12 years old. I had an encounter with God. It was at a camp called Camp Lockridge. It was a church camp, and it was about 30 to 40 young kids, and we were just going after God. We were going after God. We were going after God. And one of the nights in that log cabin, I remember the Spirit of God descended upon the place and I had an encounter like I had never experienced before, and my life was changed from that day forward. Honestly, my whole experience with church changed that day. It was like, it went from black and white to vibrant color. You know, have you ever seen like a a black and white movie? Kinda boring, but then all of a sudden you watch a movie like a Marvel, like, action movie and there's so many colors and it's like, oh my gosh, you're you're, you're captured in the beauty of the colors. That's what happened with my experience with church. I began to see church in a whole new light. And then I started reading the word of God and it's like, I couldn't get away from the fact that God places so much precedence upon his house. Side note, I think that one of the greatest indicators that you've truly been encountered by God is that your love for his house grows. I question the legitimacy of some people's encounter with God whenever after they get out of it, they don't love the church. Amen? Throughout all of this, what I realized actually is that church is boring. Church is boring. Now let me explain. Church is boring when your heart hasn't been awakened to the fact that there's power in the gathering of God's people. Church is boring when your heart has been desensitized to God's presence being manifested in his house. And what I also realized is this, is that as Christians, it's so easy, like we talked about earlier, to get comfortable in his house, that it just becomes another thing that we do in the week. And what happens when when we get comfortable, that comfort leads to disengagement. And then that disengagement leads to desensitization. And that desensitization leads to boredom. So you just get bored. Every time you come into his house, you get bored. You can't, you, can't, you, you, you can't open your eye. Your heart's not open to the fact that God is here, that God is meeting with two to 300 people at Legacy Nashville every single Sunday. You can be in the most dry church in the world, but when your heart is tender and when you have a passion for God's house, you will always experience his presence. So in the moments where you walk into a worship, in a worship environment, and you get out of the worship environment, and you're like, mm, that wasn't that great. I didn't experience God's presence. You shouldn't be looking at the worship team. You should be looking at yourself. You should be examining the content of your own heart and what was happening in your own heart, not what was going on with the worship team. Because I'm going to be very honest, I don't even need our worship team. And we all need to get to the point where, where we come into God's house, we don't need the worship team. We don't need the worship team to get us to get us hyped up. We don't need to get. We don't need the worship team to to poke and to prod us into realizing that the creator of the universe is in the room. Now, let me be clear: this message is not about is not about religion. We're going to talk about the fact that you need to be in church. Or maybe I should look at everybody online. You need to be in church. <laughs> hey, because y'all are here. Y'all are here. This might be the first time in a long time, but you're here. Hallelujah. This is an act of love. Loving God's house is an act of love because to love God is to love his house. Amen. So we're going to explore Psalm 27, verse 5, very quickly, and we're going to extract six characteristics of people who are lovers of God's house, amen, and we're going to use our King David, King David, as the ultimate example of what it looks like to be a lover of God's house, amen. Psalm 27, verse 5, the first thing that we're going to look at is the first characteristic we're going to examine is that lovers of God's house have made a priority value choice. The first phrase in this passage is one thing. Now, if we were to look at the Hebrew, this word will be translated into ekad. And literally, ekad is a numerical reference to the number one thing. He's not talking about one of many things that I desire. He's literally talking about the one thing that I desire. Amen. And what David is actually doing for us is he's giving us a glimpse into the value system of his heart, he's showing us what he values. He's declaring that this one thing he desires gets the first fruits of his life, and it precedes all other things without any distraction. This reference to one thing is a single-minded reference. He's not double-minded in this. It's a single-minded reference. David is showing us that, that this single, what being single-minded about loving God's house looks like, it's rooted in conviction and not in convenience. It's not when I conveniently can go to God's house and be there. It's like, no, this place gets my first fruits. It's a choice. I'm it, oh, sorry. It's a, it's a choice made by principle and not Preference. David is showing us what it looks like to love the house of God. My question this morning for all of us, and it's not to shame anybody by any means, but if we take an honest inventory of our lives, where does commitment to the house of God rank in our value systems? If we take an honest look at our lives, and I think that we should, My wife and I got together this past Friday, and we had a very long meeting about our values. Because some of our values were out of alignment. So we took a look at our values, and we said, okay, what are we prioritizing in our life, and how do we get back in order? Right? Let's take a look at our value system. Where does commitment to God's house lie in our value system? Amen? Say, I will love God's house passionately. The second thing is this, lovers of God's house have made a heart commitment. Psalm 27 verse 4 continues on, one thing have I desired. To desire is to ask something, to inquire, to have a passion for something. And this is the thing, desire flows from the heart. It doesn't flow from the mind. We can only love God's house with our mind for so long some point our hearts have to get yoked to his house amen David's desire was for God's house and that desire was driven by passion that's why it makes sense for him to say I was what glad when they said unto me let's go to the house of the Lord our love for God's house should be passionate y'all why because to love God's house is to love God. Amen? Amen. I will love God's house passionately. Number 3, lovers of God's house have made a pursuit decision. Psalm 27 verse 4 continues on. One thing have I one thing have I desired, that will I seek after. To seek after is to ask, it's to inquire, it implies being absorbed in the search of something. It's a persevering and strenuous effort to obtain something. King David was resolute in his pursuit of God's house. He had the disposition that this is what I'm going after, this is where you'll find me, and I'm not going to let anything get in my way. What would happen if in the body of Christ, believers had that same resolution in their hearts? I can't help but think that neighborhoods would be changed. I can't help but but think that cities would be changed. I can't help but think that states and nations would be changed because I'm of the belief that when we have a strong church, we have strong neighborhoods. When we have a strong church, we have strong cities. When we have strong church, We've got a strong church. We have strong states and nations. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. I will love God's house passionately. The fourth thing is this. Lovers of God's house have made a placement decision. One thing have I desired that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. This word dwell, when translated in Hebrew, is yashab. And this word means to be settled, to set up a home, to be in a place for a long period of time, to establish in one place. Not two, not three, not four, but one place. It means to be seated with resolution. So even when I'm offended, even when I'm challenged, even when I'm hurt, I'm seated with resolution so you can't move me. This word also means to enter into a covenant, not a contract, a covenant. Because what is a contract? A contract says, what can you do for me? But a covenant says, what can I do for you? Amen. When it comes to the house of God, we've got to become a dwelling people. Let's not be found as casual attenders, but as faithful dwellers. Let's not be found as desensitized attenders, but as faithful dwellers. Let's not be found as disengaged attenders, but as faithful dwellers in the house of the Lord. One thing have I desired. One thing. That will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Amen. Amen. Number five, lovers of God's house have made a focused decision. Psalm 27, verse five continues on, to behold the beauty of the Lord. To behold means to, is to, is to see, it's to consider. It's a steadfast contemplation. To behold it has the idea that a person acts upon what they see. So what does that mean? It means that when we come into the house of God, and we get to this place, and the worship begins, and we begin to lift our eyes, our hearts can't help but lift our hands in worship. Amen? When you behold something that's beautiful, you can't take your eyes off of it. You can't take your eyes off of it. And I don't know about you, but I haven't found anything more beautiful than Jesus Christ. I haven't found anything more beautiful on the earth below than Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. A focused decision. A focused decision. I will love God's house passionately. Number six. And Brian, you can come back up wherever you are. Because we're going to enter into a time of worship in just a little bit. We're going to have the opportunity just to recommit our hearts to God's house. Amen. Number six, lovers of God's house have made an inquiring decision. One thing have I desired that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. To inquire, it means to investigate. It means to consider, to meditate, to contemplate, to reflect. I love God's house because all the questions that I've had throughout the week, I get to bring into his house and into his presence. And I've learned, I don't know about you, but in my life, I get a lot of questions answered when I'm in his house. A lot of questions about things that are going on in my life, they start to make sense in his presence. They start to make sense. He opens my eyes to be able to see the things that I can't see whenever I come into his house. And it's a beautiful thing. Can anybody relate? Can anybody relate to coming into his house and to having inquiries and being like, Lord, I'm struggling with this. Lord, why is this happening? And when you get into his presence and you begin to worship and you begin, and sometimes it's the word, the the word gets me. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever had, have you ever had questions throughout the week or been going through something throughout the week? And it's like Pastor Lyle preaches the message that you needed to hear. Let's inquire in his house, inquiring in his house. And God wants to reveal his heart, to reveal himself to the inquiring heart. Psalm 25 verse 14 says that the Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. I've got more, but I just feel like this is a good, good place for us to, to stop and just to kind of lift our eyes to him and just ask him to reignite our love for his house i have a fear that we're raising up a generation who love god's presence but they don't love his house yeah. they love his presence they love the way his presence makes them feel so they hop from one place one experience to the other in search of a high But they never commit themselves to be planted in God's house. God is asking us to commit ourselves to be lovers of his house. If we're going to be unshakable saints, if we're going to be unshakable saints, we have to love God's house passionately. Let's all stand. Father God, we come before you having heard the word of the Lord this morning. God, would you make us passionate lovers of your house? Would you make us lovers of your house, Lord Jesus? Would you make us lovers of your house, Lord Jesus? This is not about religion. This is not about religion. This is not about us checking our weekly box out, God. This is about love. This is about love. Oh, God, yoke our hearts to your house. May we fall more in love with your house. May we fall more in love with your house. Thanks you for tuning into the Legacy Nashville podcast. If you'd like to support the ministry, you can do so at LegacyNashville.org forward slash give. If you're listening on iTunes, make sure you log into the store and give us a good review. This helps our podcast reach new people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Join us again next week for another powerful word.